And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking End of Minicamp Podcast. Marissa, if you're allowed to uh, play some schools out for summer, I don't think you are. But um, anyway, here we are. Um, the Browns have wrapped their abbreviated OTAs. They've wrapped their minicamp. They are on to summer break. And Jason, six weeks from Saturday, they report to the Greenbrier for a season of high expectations. The first eight full squad practices will be there. It's Kevin Stefanski's... Um, team bonding exercise i think you could fairly call it his hail mary um i think you could fairly call it a a chance to try to maximize this in this long camp that's longer because of the hall of fame game and um you know i don't know i have lots of thoughts and we'll get to a lot of them here over the next 20 or 30 minutes um as I've watched and I've felt and I've tried to not overreact to what we saw or to what might be ahead or anything because, A, I want my summer, and, B, it is a long season, regardless of what happens at the Greenbrier and that highly anticipated opener, right? Um, I have just arrived at the feeling that they knew last year wasn't going to work and that even in that realm, they were still disappointed in some of how you know it all went. But they know it has to work, and it has to start with the quarterback. And so, because he got hot um, in one week of minicamp, and he did, we'll get to that, doesn't mean anything. But I, I really think this week, and this is Friday morning as we record this, I really think Kevin Stefanski feels better about things. And I really think they feel like, okay, there's a chance this offense can eventually hit that gear, and, and we'll see where that goes. You mean – the fact that I said all last year that they punted the season, now you agree with me? No, no, I did agree to to a large extent. All right, maybe um, you did. I feel like everyone yelled at me and told me I was an idiot <laughs> the whole time. I kept saying, "Guys, they're not." It's not that they weren't trying to win; it's that they realized it wasn't going to happen. Sure. And and once they didn't, I, I, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. We all know how it went. But uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I I, I agree with with all of that. And and now I, I think everybody knows there are no excuses allowed. And they they took the hit last year um, <laughs> in a lot of different ways, publicly, PR perception, uh, the, the suspension, everything else. And now they just they I think everyone in the building understands and realizes that what's at stake this year. And uh, you sort of get that feeling from anyone that you talk to. Yeah, I think you have to. Um, you were there on Wednesday when Watson talked, um, you know, after a practice in which he was pretty good. Um, we got to see we got to see all three days of minicamp, guys. We got to see two of the OTAs, so five of the nine 
uh, off-season practices were open. And um, he was bad in the first one. In the second one, he was better. It was okay. It's, it's, And again, you're not crowning or firing anyone based off May or June practice, but it's a seven-on-seven, seven, right? And, and they've gone and gotten all these receivers, and it's his second time through here with these coaches, with half the receivers, with everything. It's supposed to look better. And I have to say that even Tuesday morning in the individual drills, he was sprinting all over the place. And I was like, what's going on? And they came to these middle of practice seven-on-sevens, and something like nine in a row he hit. And um, a couple of them were open. A couple of them were to Amari Cooper, which is you know kind of a cheat code in that setting. Again, there's no pass rush. There's no contact on the receivers. But like you could just see his body language. And – you know, he went out of his way to talk last week at the golf outing, and that's where the DeAndre Hopkins headlines came. And then we we weren't sure. We know how awkward last year was. But I, I just think from standing on the sidelines watching these throws against a little more than air and from standing and watching him, I mean, I don't think it's a leap to say this is a different guy. It should be. These passes should be completed. And Stefanski was very clear about that, right? It's a passing camp. Let's Let's see it. I, I just think, and I want to get your observation on this from not only watching but listening, hey, this looks like a different guy, and, and they feel like this offense can be different because they feel like they can unlock him rather than worrying about everything from does he know the plays, is he in the right headspace, does he trust his mechanics, his play calls, his his everything, because that was all a question last year. And you know we, we saw what the result was, which wasn't good. Yeah, everybody you talked to during the offseason, it was the same answer. No one's worried about him. He's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Now, what else are they supposed to say? Yeah. Right? Like, oh my God, it's on fire and the whole thing's a disaster. You don't, you know, you're not, they're not going to say that. But everyone said, you know, if the last season it, it looked terrible from the outside, but if a couple of things go differently, you're having a different conversation. If Njoku holds on to the pass in the end zone against the Saints, the narrative around Deshaun changes drastically for that game. Um, and and so no one, I, I, I think, was panicking over how this was going to look this year. He has looked better. I would say that, you know, he, he looked good camp last year, even despite the layoff at training camp. You and I were having the discussion of, ooh, ball comes out a little bit differently. Yeah. And and so it's, it's not, you, you just want to point that out and not get carried away with what you've seen so far. Uh, but he has looked better. And, and when he comes out and says everything is different about the playbook, well, God, I hope so. Like, I don't understand why that's a headline. We knew that. We knew it was going to look different. We knew the whole thing was going to be different. He had Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield were the quarterbacks prior to this. So you you run the offense based on the personnel that you have. And, you know, the Browns have made it clear. Kevin and Deshaun will sit down and draw up 45 plays. You like this one, it's in. You don't like it, it's out. I'll give you a, another batch. You like this one, okay, it's in. You don't like that, it's out. So I fully expect this to look totally different. The days of three tight end sets are over. And, you know, they have a receiver now with speed who can stretch a defense. And uh, they have a, another receiver who's a rookie who can go high point the ball in the red zone. Like, they have some of the pieces now that they didn't have before. So... Uh, I, I was a little surprised that, that that became such a headline of of everything looks different now. Well, my God, it better look different based on what we saw last year. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up, and, and I, I'm going to write about this eventually, and I think you are too. Um, I kind of sat on that because I am 
99% convinced that when Deshaun said everything is different, that was his attempt at sarcasm. And, and it wasn't really mocking as much as saying, I'm not going to tell you how it is, but of course it's different. Right. And, and yeah, I think you yeah. hit on it. It's just more things like, guys, we're, we're, we're allowed to observe practice. We're not allowed to get into like formations, but you know, it's, it's on the internet on video that Elijah Moore is lining up running back and flexing out both ways, sometimes all the way out, sometimes kind of staying as a running back who can run jet motion. It's on the internet that there's read option, there's speed option, there's a lot of rollout, there's a lot of counter things you can't do. I mean, we've seen this Stefanski offense, and his core offense is going to be the base of it. But we haven't seen a quarterback, not just with this kind of mobility, but can mix those things in, can give you those looks. And so um, it is going to be different. It's going to be different on personnel, and it's going to be different in challenging defenses all of those ways. So, um, you know, what really is different now, the players would know that. Uh, but again, you know, the only time the full 11 on 11 was out there, they're jogging through. And, and in minicamp, that was only to work on two-minute stuff. So this is all run around and flinging. And of course, they're going to call those plays in seven on seven because they're going to get a look at them. And then, like you said, you said it well. It's Deshaun saying, I don't like this, or I like more of this. Kevin saying, this is the base play, but now we have a guy who can do this. And, and they mix it up and they go. So, um, you know, it will be different. It will be more open. I do not think they're going to forget about Nick Chubb. I think it's a fair question. You know, um, I do not think they're going to get totally away from the tight ends. But I think this is a team that wants to break the huddle with Nick Chubb, David Njoku, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Amari Cooper most of the time. So they'll mix in Jordan Akins. Uh, they'll mix in Marquise Goodwin, the designated deep ball guy. Um, they'll line up Elijah Moore inside, outside, running back, all of those things. Um but yeah, this is this is a wide open um, work in progress. And to go back to last year, you know, even when he struggled, and it, it, the same was true really this spring in the first two open practices. There were times, Jason, you would see that wow throw. You would see, okay, th this is what it was there. It wasn't always completed, or a lot of times, specifically last year, it was one, and then the next drill would be back to very average. But not just in what I saw, because I don't know what the play calls are. But what I saw in Deshaun's body language and what I saw in Kevin trying not to react to it, trying to downplay it when he talked about it, tells me that it was as it, at least close to good as, as we thought it was from the sideline. Yeah, and, you know, I, I know some people made a thing about the arrow celebration that he did after one of the plays, and, and I my first thought was, boy, we're really desperate to talk about things here in, in May and June. <laughs> But I do think it speaks sort of what you were saying earlier about just his comfort level and the fact that he's getting back to himself. And, uh, you know, not all of the litigation is complete. There is still things he has to deal with off the field. He wouldn't really talk about it when he was asked about it, which, you know, I, frankly, I don't blame him at this point. You know, you let the let your lawyers handle that. And, you know, I don't know if there's really anything else he can say on it publicly. But just the fact that you know, I've said it a hundred times and I prefaced it every time with saying, I know, you know, a lot of this is probably self-inflicted, but I'm sure that the events took a massive toll on him uh, mentally, emotionally, all that stuff, everything that he would, that he was, uh, you know, everything that he experienced over the course of the last couple of years. 
and and you're starting to see and i think he started he even like hinted at something that like you know the longer i'm here the more you'll start to see some of my personality come out i think he was very guarded last year i i think the 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 gloves were up almost and just trying to just trying to weather the 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 storm and the hit and now you're starting to see uh a little bit more of the quarterback a little bit more of the person and um you know it's all good to this point and and now we'll see what it looks like when it really matters in in September yeah good good point so the whole thing's still awkward as hell guys right um and even if you take again it is self-inflicted um, and even if you think it's going to be resolved or it's passed and the NFL has, you know, he has served his time to the NFL, the Browns have taken the hit, all of that, like it, it hangs over this. Like he, he has to play well, he, he has to play great to justify that contract. But there was a moment towards the end of his presser where he was asked about the legal issues. He gave the standard answer, something he probably should have done a couple of times before. Right. Then there was a follow-up and he said, that's a question for my attorney. And then all of a sudden there was this question about his TikToks. And it was just like this incredibly awkward moment. Like, hey, it's fair to ask, right? Uh, but it's just really weird because it's this whole thing here. And and go back to his first presser of the spring, like the second day of the off-season program, right? Um, you're in there waiting, and he goes out of his way to say he's been doing things in the community, but not everything has to be on tape. And like, okay, well, then the next day they put out the video of him doing this community visit. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, it's he created this situation for himself, right? And yep. it, it's yep. going to follow him forever. It's just the Browns have a plan. And then, of course, as if you follow it closely, you know, he has this team of people that don't strike me as the most intelligent, right? And this whole thing, he's always going to be, um, you know, people are never going to change their minds. And so, and, and, and that and that's fine. And he's got these things that needs to be resolved. I think everybody in the building wish hopes that it gets done in the next six weeks, right? So uh, we'll see. There, as I said in my writing, and we've said here, there are other things going on. Um, but when you're talking about an OTA, a passing camp, and you're talking about Deshaun Watson playing like dog shit and needing to come back now and be a totally different guy and showing glimpses that he is, then then that's what you talk about in May and June, right? So. Yeah. Um, to move forward a little bit here. So this is Friday morning, six weeks from Saturday, the Browns report to the Greenbrier. So they will show up the day before the full squad. They'll go through their meetings, their standard check-in. They'll fly to the Greenbrier. Um, they'll be there for eight practices. Um, the, the rule in training camp is four. You can't practice five days in a row. So they'll go four, the late ones that are mandated by the, the CBA. They'll have a day off. Then they'll have some real practices. They'll come back. Um, there's no official schedule out yet for training camp. There's only going to be seven or eight of these open for for fans to come, which is disappointing. I understand, but it is disappointing. So anyway, they'll have one real practice in Cleveland, um, play the Hall of Fame game, and then kind of into the preseason where they'll have a full week in Cleveland. Um, they'll play that first preseason game. Then they go to Philly, and they'll have the two important practices there. Really good test, play the preseason game. And then it's already to the end, so it will go quickly. Um, it is an extra week, but it's about 30 practices altogether before this team you know, plays a game uh, on September 11th, or on September 10th, I think it is. Anyway, uh, I just got July 22nd circled because that's when they go. So um, 
Let's move away from the quarterback, Jason. What what comes to mind in terms of things we want to make sure we hit on or you ask me about here uh, as we, we check off this minicamp stuff? You know, I was I, I was doing various different platforms and I was doing the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show and they kept asking me, like, what stood out to you? What stood out to you? What stood out to you? And, and I'm like, I don't know, man, nothing. It's hard. It's really hard to get a read. And I think even Kevin said that, you know, there was a question about Oboe. And it's just, it's hard to gauge where things are in this mini camp Were you, I mean, you're, you're smarter than I am. Were you able to glean anything from the defensive end or the tackles or anything from all this? Because frankly, I, I wasn't like, I spent most of the time watching Deshaun. And, and like you said, when it's a seven on seven drills and there's really nothing going on on full 11, it, it it's, it's really hard to gauge, particularly defensively. The only thing I saw was Deshaun and Cade York. So what did I miss? Yeah. No, I mean, what it's a lot of individual drills. Um, you know, I'm watching Jim Schwartz. I'm watching Ben Bloom, the defensive line coach, a guy who who might be a future defensive coordinator himself. Uh, everything is the attack style. You know, during the seven on sevens and OTAs, they put the defensive ends out there. They don't count about the seven, and they sprinted back and tackled tackling dummies. Like everything is that mindset. During the defensive line drills, Ben Bloom's standing over the center, trying to draw him off sides, gauging everybody's get off. Like everything is get up fast, go, 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 go. So they added Tomlinson for the mask because they needed that guy. They've drafted Siaki Ika, who they hope will play around 340, 335, I guess. Um, based on what he said after the draft and the way he looks, he has to get down to that number. But everything is get up field and go, go, go. So we're, we're going to see – you know how how that goes. So they were fun to watch uh, between Schwartz and Ben and, and those guys. Uh, a lot of unprintable words, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but everything the focus was on get up and, and and get after it. So you know this defense is healthy. You have Obo as the designated rusher. You have Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett. You have Dalvin Tomlinson, and you have three corners who can really line up with almost anybody, right? And that way you can mix and match him. Um, you know, Emerson, he still has Anthony Davis arms. Denzel Ward, still one of the best to do it. And I think Greg Newsom will play better. Greg Newsom has a bazillion reasons to play better than last year and says he's more comfortable. You know, we'll see how all that goes. So um, it's a long camp, and nothing comes together defensively until you get that physicality in the mix, um, until you see, like – Guys, Jordan Kanashik was the middle linebacker and signal caller for for the defense the whole spring. Um, he's not gonna. He might be on the team. He's not gonna be that. We we don't know what's gonna happen at linebacker. <laughs> you know, um, of your three safeties, two of them are new. You know, Ben Bloom and one other defensive, two other defensive assistants stayed. But it's a new scheme. It's a new everything. Zadarius has never played here. Talvin, Dalvin Tomlinson's never played here. You know, Eco is for sure gonna play as a rookie. Is Maurice Hurst going to be healthy and make this team? So a lot of it has to come together, and, and that's kind of going to be the balance of, all right, obviously you don't care about the Hall of Fame game and trotting guys out there. But at some point I think you do have to use the preseason and use the practice time, specifically in those second and third weeks, um, and, and Philly. You're going to have to play. You're going to have to let guys play in a full-speed environment. So – I'm going to write about this too, Jason. My guess is the Hall of Fame game, August 3rd, no starters. It, it would be dumb as hell to me to play any of them. First game of the regular preseason at home, play them briefly. 
Philly game, no, because you'll get your work that week. And then that third preseason game, which is still two weeks and a day ahead of the opener year at the Chiefs, maybe they play like a quarter. Maybe not a whole half, but something like that. So that way you're you're seeing guys, and you're not going to see 95 or 24 or Joel, right? But I think almost everybody else has to play a little bit. And I think I, – I could be wrong, but just knowing Kevin and watching this, I think that will be the plan. And then eventually we'll be talking about who makes you, – you don't see enough competitiveness in the spring to say, okay, this guy's emerging, this guy's falling off. But pretty clear that they're ready to move on from a lot of their older receivers and pretty clear that you know a lot more draft picks when you look at guys at defensive tackle and linebacker um, – aren't guaranteed a thing because they've brought in a lot of new veterans to this roster. So you think Deshaun plays in the preseason? I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I do. But... I do. I think he plays in those two games. Yes. Um, and I think it will be a very limited, you know, not the obviously rolling out and doing things he'll do. But I think for timing's sake, for, for as much as he missed and for everything that is going to be new and different, um, I do think he'll play in at least one and probably two of the four. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One thing I want to touch on, I don't know if we discussed this on the podcast or not, going back to some of what we saw in OTAs. Denzel working out of the slot. What do you make of that? Well, we just saw it the one day. Um you know, I guess we could have seen it in another day briefly, but I, most times I was really charting it during minicamp. It was Greg Newsom. Um, I think it's just right now it's base installation and guys learning different positions and seeing. Um, 
they're going to play a bunch more, man. And uh, I think it's mostly going to be Greg, but I think it was probably just an implementation of, hey, let, let's try this out here. And, and Denzel, what do you think? So Let's just look at it. Yeah, you don't want to be too predictable because then t- if teams know where you are in every spot, or if you are, tra- you know, shadowing a guy left, left side, right side slot, you know, you just want to mix it up. So I think it was just, I think it was just a let's look at it thing. I mean, we know he's going to play every snap when he's available, right? And then the battle and and Emerson's emerging. But I can tell you this, guys, um, you know, they they broke into special teams, and that doesn't include the more established players. The only two corners who went to the other field when they broke into special teams were Newsom and Ward. So they're still kind of the top two, but. Emerson's here, and he's he's got a chance to be, to me, this regime's best draft pick, and he's going to play a lot. So um, we know over the course of the season that all three guys are not going to be available every game. That's just how it goes with corners, right? They're some of the smallest guys in the field. They're in high-speed collisions on, you know, 70 times a game, and they're running full speed starting and stopping 90 times, up to 90 times a game. <laughs> so um, we'll see how that goes. Denzel has never missed more than two or three games at a time. Um, Denzel can still still really play. You know, I thought last year he got hurt on the last last day of minicamp, and I thought that was high-level dumbassery by the Browns to even have him involved there. He didn't have a great start to the season. He missed the start of camp. So he's not a guy that you're going to have out there every single day in camp. But um, I do think he'll mostly play outside. And I do think you have to be smart about getting those guys there. So, you know, when they came out on the first nickel on the first day of minicamp, Zadarius was inside, Okoronkwo was outside, Miles was obviously outside, and Tomlinson was playing. Um, Jordan Elliott was the other starting defensive tackle in the um, base defense. And we'll see how that goes. I think defensive tackle – is probably the most likely addition this summer if they choose to add another veteran. You think they're done or you think there's more moves to come? Oh, I think there's more to come now. You know, I think would they trade Baker last year, the day after July 4th? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's anything major. I don't think they're, they were ever going to be on in on DeAndre Hopkins right now. If DeAndre Hopkins is still there in a month, two months, and the price is way down, yes. So, yeah, I, I think they're done in terms of Names you know, and that's assuming like, really, I think the last at minicamp, all but five guys were in practice, and those were all guys you knew were rehabbing, right? And then there's Perrion Winfrey, who again, why he's still on the team, I don't know. They yeah. held him out of practice for two days, but yeah, um, defensive tackle to me really stands out, and then anything else you see would probably just be filling in the gaps, making sure. You know, once you know guys' availability, that you have you know certain minimums of positions to get through practice. Yeah, I, my stance on Hop never really changed. If DeAndre really truly wants to come here and Deshaun really truly wants him, he's probably going to get here. But I don't know. I'm not sure that's the case. And short of that aligning, uh, I understand probably why he will wind up elsewhere. Could he help them? Yeah, sure, he could help them. Uh, but it just, I just. I need to see it to believe it that he really wants to be in Cleveland. Yeah, and, and again, one one more minicamp thought here as we get out of here. You know, that's not based on these guys having a good minicamp. And the Browns saying, well, <laughs> I mean, Peoples Jones caught 17 passes on Tuesday. Right. We don't need them, right? It's based on they went and got Elijah Moore. They went and got Cedric Tillman. They went and got Marquise Goodwin. Amari Cooper makes $23 million this year and next year. David Njoku makes 
28 million over that span. Like there's only so much they can do. Guys, this team needs the rollover. They have maintained cap flexibility in case they need it this year. But they need the rollover because they've made huge commitments going forward. So it, it does DeAndre Hopkins make them better? 100%, I agree. And until he signs somewhere else, the door is not totally closed. But any real pursuit of him, or any offering him um, multi-millions of dollars would mark a detour from what they've already done. And it would mark a real question about where the resources are going. Six weeks isn't that far away, man. It's not. It's almost time. <laughs> it's not. So in my uh, younger days, Jason, I would celebrate the end of minicamp by going out and doing something stupid, right? Last night, we just walked a dog. And uh, <laughs> you know, it hasn't rained around here in three weeks or so, as you know. So we come around the corner, and there's this guy sitting on his porch. And he's got his hose, and it's just like – kind of casually going up in the air towards his already dead grass, right? And not like a sprinkler and not even like a, a high-powered nozzle on it. He's just kind of scrolling his phone with his right hand, and with his left hand, he's holding the hose up in the air, and it's just kind of casually hitting his already dead grass. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know what? Considering what the last 15 months have been for the Browns, I'm fine with this little slow approach to the summer, right? Um, <laughs> they have to pray. I don't know what they think about Perrion Winfrey. They have to pray that nobody else gets in trouble. They have to pray that nobody else gets in trouble for this gambling stuff. Um, and guys won't be yeah. in the facility. So that, you know, you can't bet on NFL right now. Well, I guess you could bet on the thing <laughs> on the teams to win the Super Bowl and, and right. guys like that. Um, but yeah, they are just looking for a much lower key summer. Everybody gets away. Um, you know, Deshaun gets back into throwing after he rests his body a little bit. And I think the quarterbacks and the rookies show up like July 19th. That's still almost the full. It's only three or four days ahead. So, yeah, it's it's six weeks to rest, recharge, and be ready to go. And, you know, OTA practices and minicamp practices are already um, time-regulated. They went shorter. You know, they know that this is a journey. They're going to – only go an hour, hour and 15 in those first four days at the Greenbrier. They are going to hit the throttle a little bit, but, you know, it's not going to go long. It's not going to be silly. And they're going to just, you know, get the horses to the gate, I guess, and and see where this goes because um, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of excitement and a lot of anticipation, especially with that schedule and who they play the first game to win now. But we know December is where this team has really failed, and we know that it's been – a bunch of different storms and different fires that Kevin and others have had to put out, many of which they signed up for. Let's let's not get that. But um, someone smart said to me, look, it's totally different when you trust your QB. And not to say that you don't have peaks and valleys and distractions during the season, but when you think the quarterback is good enough to get you there, it's a lot easier for guys to fall in line. And it's a lot easier for guys to self-police those fires that come and put them out before they become big things. So can we see a mature version of the Cleveland Browns and a successful version of the Cleveland Browns? Yes, we could. You know, I'm still in believe it when I see a mode, but um, I guess that's my parting words for the summer is we're not, we're done overreacting to minicamp and, you know, we're just going to see if this team is equipped Talent-wise and maturity-wise for the long haul, because that's what it's going to be. I don't think anybody thinks anybody in the AFC is running away with, or specifically in the AFC North, is running away with anything. And um, 
as we've seen from the Browns, you, you got to have your dudes in December and you, you got to be focused in in December um, to give yourself a chance. See you in six weeks. Enjoy vacation. <laughs> yes, you too. Thanks, guys. Oh, uh, our producer, Marissa, she's headed out on maternity leave. Yes. Um, hope everything goes well, Marissa. Thank you. And um, I do have a couple of, of guests lined up for some civilized barking stuff. I do have some ideas that we'll go over. So thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.